We need to talk. The acclaimed Showtime original docuseries Couples Therapy returns with an addictive and revealing new season. Dr. Orna is back in session, helping four new couples grapple with real issues from religion and sex to polyamorous power dynamics. Collider says couples therapy is like nothing else on TV. It's break up or break through on the new season of Couples Therapy. Now streaming with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Visit ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While Active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Just watch me love myself, that's all I want, got what I want, that's all I want, I'm not sorry. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about the transition from meeting on a reality dating show to hosting a reality dating show. That's right. Today we're talking to none other than JoJo Fletcher, our 12th Bachelorette, and her winner and now husband, Jordan Rogers, who are currently hosting The Big D on USA. Welcome to the pod, JoJo and Jordan. Hey, guys. What's up? Good to be here. We are so excited to have you. And we have been watching The Big D, so we have a lot of questions. It's wild. It's so good. I'm really enjoying it. I have I binge watched the whole thing. I was one of the lucky ones that jumped on a little later. But man, when you just have it all in one row, it's so good. And then I found out there's not a new episode. So I got to wait. Because like episode three, four is when it starts to like crazy stuff really starts happening. Like relationships start to form. And so they're like, oh, wow, this is. Between episode, I think, was it either four or five or five and six? We're on six now or seven? Seventh this week. Okay. Yeah. I was like unhappy that I had to wait a week. And I was like, I know what happens, but you're like, I've lived this right now. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much fun. So before we get into all of that, First of all, you two got married last year. Congratulations. Thank you. How has how has married life been? Just pure bliss. <laughs> Not really any different, I feel like. Um, yeah. We got married. We traveled. Well, first we had to push the wedding a couple of years. So it felt like we were like ready to be married. And then we waited a couple of years because of COVID. So that whole kind of made it an interesting situation. <laughs> but we traveled a bunch after the wedding. And we went right into remodeling, finishing this remodel, the house that we're in. So it was like zero stress, happy, happy stress. Oh my God, what's happening? We need a house to live in. So now we're coming down and we're enjoying it. Um, so it was, it was a heck of a first year. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, honestly, like we, we've been together seven years now. We took, you guys know, we took a long time yep. gauge before we actually got married, which I think I've always said like time was such a, a friend of ours in the, the beginning infancy stages of our relationship. But, um, you know, it's like nothing really day to day has changed, like not day to day life. But I will say, like, after we got married, there's this like weird sense of like security and like not that anything changed between our dynamic or our relationship, but you really just feel like, all right, this is my person for life, you know? So it's like this weird, unspoken is, yeah. like thing. Yeah, for sure. No, because you just mentioned that too, how time was on your side. Because, you know, it's hard with, with The Bachelor and Bachelorette, some couples come out and, of course, make it all the way down the aisle. Some, you know, work at it. It's hard to figure out um, how to navigate post-show, I imagine. How did you guys sort of, you know, figure that out? Going post-show, 
uh, being together in the real world and working on your relationship, um, you know, away from the cameras? It was hard. Very. It was very hard. I think we did ourselves a favor by right after we got together. You know, I think a lot of times, like, you know, the show is such a whirlwind, right? And it's one of the biggest shows ever, right? So you have this huge platform spotlight on your relationship, on each other. Like, and I feel like for us, going right back to normal life as soon as possible was very important to us. So we didn't stick around in LA. We didn't do all the, you know, appearances and all that jazz. We we didn't want that. We went back home. We actually like was, I think it was like a week after uh, AFR, we yeah. went to move from his house in Tennessee to Texas. And we just jumped right back into normal life. I think that helped, but obviously that doesn't mean that you're not going to have conflict and struggles with just a new relationship under a spotlight. And we dealt with that. I mean, the show, like it's, it's reality TV. So you don't get really any time off camera. So everything you see is everything that our relationship was to us. Uh, minus the fantasy suite night, which you stay up all night because that's the first time you get to talk with no cameras around. Like you're fact checking and double checking all these things to make sure, <laughs> is this person exactly who yeah. they seemingly have appeared to be? Um, but after the show, you know, you never face adversity on the show. You never have a bad day, right? You never just are in a bad mood and you got to figure out, okay, how do I deal with my relationship and work and stresses and life? And so we didn't communicate well. We didn't know how to communicate in real life. And we struggled for a long yeah. time to figure out what this relationship looked like, how we balanced the expectation and the spotlight that we had with the realization that we had a lot of work to do and we wanted to make this work, but it was taking a lot of work. Yeah. So that whole first year was kind of a learning process for us before we were like, okay. That makes so much sense. Like you're right. building the yeah. actual foundation of a relationship and the the bachelor is this like weird, weird constructed reality where you are like being encouraged to open up in these big ways and make these big emotional declarations. But yeah, you don't have any of the actual building blocks that you would yeah. have formed in those first couple of months okay. if you were just dating in the real world. So there's all this expectation and also all this work to do. And I think it like makes sense that you guys are doing so well, given that you did go back to your normal lives and also take the time to date and yeah. be engaged before jumping right into marriage. A hundred percent. Like the first year we've been very open about it. It was a very hard year. There were many times where we had to look at each other and ask, is this best for us? Like we love each other. We know that, but is this best for us? Right. And so it was work and we, you know, first year was a, a trying year, but thankfully there was like this, moment where we just were like, okay, we're committed to this. We've gone through hell and back, you know, can't get any point. worse. And uh <laughs> we we love each other, but it would be okay if if it wasn't right for us. And neither one of us said that that's what we wanted. And so we made that commitment. And it's just, you know, it's it, it really helped our relationship. Yeah, you made it through that and marriage. And now you two are the hosts of USA's The Big D, uh, a dating after divorce reality show. Um, which for anyone who hasn't watched, we recently did a whole uh, bonus episode on it. Um, but how was the Big D originally pitched to you? What made you guys like jump at this opportunity? <laughs> at first, I feel like we were like to our agents. They want us? <laughs> no, we're not. At the time, we weren't even married yet. I was like, we're not married. We obviously haven't been divorced. Hopefully, we're not going to get divorced. Like, are yeah. you sure you're talking to the right people? Like, but honestly, once we kind of learned and, and talked to the creators of the show about really yes. the vision for it, it was everything you want from reality TV, right? The drama, the exes, the dating, the breakups. But it was so much more than that because divorce is really not talked about, right? As much in public, on TV shows. It's kind of this taboo subject and it's got a lot of negativity around it. And the goal was to bring people together so you can form healthy closure and you can find you always say it, hope after heartbreak. Like there can be another chapter. It doesn't have to be the end of something. It can yeah. really be the beginning of something true and new. And that's, we like that about and, the show. And honestly, like, and I always like to say this, when people first heard about the show, they're like, you're promoting divorce. And it's, we're not promoting divorce. Every person that's on this show got married thinking they were going to spend a lifetime with this person. And the reality is that they never had, divorce was never a part of the plan for them. The reality is that is sometimes what happens, right? And the entire world can agree that life happens and sometimes you have to, you end up parting ways. 
And I have friends, I have family, my parents, before they met each other, they went through a divorce. I remember having conversations with my mom saying that when she went through that first divorce, she thought she was such a failure that she had let let her kids down, that she, that there wasn't going to be another love for her. And, you know, when I think back on that, I'm like, she's not a failure. Like sometimes it doesn't work out. And so it's a really beautiful show in the sense that like, we're bringing these people together. Of course, it's going to be dramatic. The cast is hilarious and crazy, but all of them really want that closure and to find peace and healing with that past relationship so they can all move forward and, and, you know, have that second chapter in life. Yeah. That, that to me is such an odd criticism to be like, you're promoting divorce. Like divorce often is the healthiest and best thing that people can do for themselves and their family. So that just feels a little silly, but I, I was curious about what it was like for you two as a never been divorced couple to lead people through the process of dating after this very specific experience that they had gone through. Yeah, I think that was part of the pitch to us was right, like, hey, we want we want successful relationships in this. This is not just a chaos train wreck show. Um, and <laughs> the creators kind of looked at us as an example of that. You guys did fall in love in this crazy reality TV mm. environment. So we really lean into the fact that hopefully we can help some of these contestants, divorcees navigate the craziness of TV Yeah, because it is weird. There's cameras everywhere. You're getting asked to open up about things. You're confronting your ex. You're kind of starting to have feelings for somebody else. Like it's weird. And so for us to be able to stay there and go, Hey, if you do this, if you lean into this, if you open yourself up in this way, like it can actually happen. It's weird, but like love can happen in this crazy reality television environment. So hopefully we're examples of that hopefully on and off camera at times we helped talk through some of these scenarios with all the divorcees. Yeah. And you know, what's funny, like to this day, seven years later, all people stop me and say, is that show like real? Like, are you guys really yeah. like a couple? I'm like, bro, we're married. People still don't realize that like, you actually can meet somebody in this way. You actually can form true connections and, and relationships because you are, it's very unique. You're separated from the outside world. You're having to face and confront issues head on where in the real world, you cannot answer your phone. You can, you can hit decline. You can walk away. It's like, this really kind of is this like, I don't know. Pressure cooker. Yeah. Pressure cooker. And it's sometimes scary, but like when you get through it, it's, it's amazing when you can get through it and what comes out of it. Yeah. Cause I think the thing with me, at least for the big D is like, Hmm, like this has to be a, a weird thing for divorced couples to be dating other people while their ex is, you know, on the same island, um, hanging out, dating people as well. So what did you, not not awkward (laughs) at all. Awkward, Uh, (laughs) a little awkward. (laughs) So obviously like, how did you help or what did you want the cast members to kind of get out of the experience in terms of navigating that, but also navigating that reality show, of course, aspect of it. I mean, I think for us, like what we wanted, and as we started to learn a lot more about each individual, and like we could see that like everybody had a different story, um, but they all had a common theme, right? And it was like they truly, even if they said that they were fully over that past relationship, they they hadn't closed the door on some aspect of it, and there was something from that previous relationship that was hurting future relationships that they, whether they mm. hadn't moved on from a, a pain that they experienced, or they hadn't let go of a guilt that they experienced from walking away. It was all kind of rolling over into when they were trying to date again. And I think that they realized that the more they talked about it and the more they talked to other divorced couples and heard their experiences. And then with Dr. Jada, which she's the relationship therapist on our show, she was incredible. And like, There's so many times that you don't see on the show, but that she was having one-on-ones with the cast almost daily towards the middle of the season. And there's so much that came out of it. I think the best part is a lot of people early on were like, for an example, Takur and Didi, very toxic relationship, right? Takur can't let her go. Didi wants to move on. And everyone's like, well, why why don't they vote Takur off? Why is he still here? It's like this, these conversations, albeit they are ugly and they blow up. They would never happen in the real world. And it's because, still affecting Dee Dee. Because they wouldn't be forced to sit there and confront it. And also, they have a support group around them. So not only would this conversation never happen, it's happening. They have people around them that have been through it that are supporting them through these conversations. So having 
forcing them to go, okay, do it, confront it and move on. Let's get healthy. That is what I love about it yeah. because that's what we wanted out of the show first. And then as second, new love and new relationships. New love. Rekindling. We love love. I mean, same, same. That is why we we come back to all of these kind of shows. I wanted to talk more about Dr. Jada's role. I think you touched on the fact that like some really tough conversations and some dynamics that I think to viewers watching, you might see specifically Didi and Takor and be like, that is really unhealthy. Is specifically, like, is Didi okay? Is this being handled in a way that's healthy. Yeah. What kind of safeguards did the show put into place to make sure that everyone in the cast was like emotionally safe throughout this process? I mean, I think, you know, going into this, we had always, it was always at the top of mind. Like we want this to be a healing space, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be hard times and it's going to be dramatic, but we always wanted it to be a healing space. And like, anytime things would get heated and I said, obviously you guys don't see it on the show. There was moments where you have to take a beat, right? You, we said, we take a beat. Dr. Jada, like I said, when it started to get to that point, she was kind of on call, right? Because she was such an amazing resource to the cast. Uh, to individuals, to the couples, you know, to navigate those situations, right? Because we're not doctors, you know, we can, we can give advice, we can break things up, but her insight and her way to read situations, de-escalate situations, situations, give people the tools to navigate through them was, I wish every show had somebody like her attached to the season, whether it's just off camera to have a resource to deal with some of that mental, emotional kind of challenges that they're dealing with um, or on camera. She was, you know, I say that for every show. Was she talking to contestants, both like, or cast members, both on camera and off camera? Yeah. I think you maybe you maybe only see 20% of maybe her conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of like, I think, Cast members were unsure, like if they had that as a resource at first. So the first couple yeah. weeks and weeks, they weren't sure. Wait, can I go to? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can talk to her. Book her up. Like go talk to Dr. Jada. Like, and a lot of that wasn't on camera. Um, you can only you only have so much you can put on camera in an hour show. So I think she did a ton behind the scenes as well. Yeah. That you don't get to see. You get to see little pieces of it on scene as well. Just so amazing and so important because you guys didn't have anything like that on The Bachelorette, right? Like no one to go uh, talk to. No. Now I think that they've implemented that after mm-hmm. the fact. Um, but no, not not for my season. We were just roughing it. Yeah. How would that have been like a sort of a lifeline for you? Because I'm it's such a hard journey, I imagine, to navigate. So having oh, that support is probably game changing. It probably would have done wonders for us in that first year. Cause I remember like there was a point like when we kind of hit that all time, like okay, now we got to figure it out. We both recognize there's things that each of us could work, could work on, right? And whether that was therapy individually before we came, you know, as a couple or whether it was, you know, whatever it was, like if we would have had that earlier on, we would have been able to implement it so much sooner to where it didn't have to get to that point. You know what I mean? Thankfully, you know, I always say like that point that we got to wasn't fun, but I think it's what saved us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just think that resource is just so helpful, whether it's just individually, whether it's as a couple, like I'm so supportive of it. Yeah. We're big proponents of therapy on, on this show. So <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, but when we're back more with Jojo and Jordan. Can you keep up? I like This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by so quickly. I can't believe it's already almost summer. And I actually have kind of accomplished a lot of my goals for this year so far. We now have like a pretty good routine for our family, which was like kind of ruining our life at the beginning of the year, having an extra kid in the mix, an extra school run. And I look back and I'm like, wow, we really like, pulled together, figured out a way to make our household work as a team. And I just want to keep that energy going through the year, just like functioning at top capacity. When life goes so fast, it's important to take a moment and really celebrate your wins. And make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can really help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that just don't really help you speak a new language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, which personally I think is actually one of the sneaky, hardest parts of learning a new language. I used Babbel to brush up on some basic French before I went to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful to help me just get around the city and order food and purchase things without looking totally ignorant. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Obviously, it was a really long journey for the Big D to actually make it to to viewers. (laughs) Quite a process. How did you guys and how did the cast kind of handle that like super long gap between filming and it airing, especially when I imagine there was a question of whether it would ever air at a certain point? Yeah, it's like, I mean, TV, especially in this day and age with streaming and there's a ton of behind yeah. the scenes <laughs> stuff you don't hard. realize that is just happening. Um, this happens a lot, a lot more frequently than I think people realize. So we were initially just like, man, like we just love this show. We want somebody to see it anywhere. Yeah. Right? We don't care where people see it. Um, I think it ended up in a great home. I think I, I love the fact that it's on USA. It's on linear cable. So if you have cable, you can watch it every Wednesday night. But also, we're in a streaming world. And you mentioned, too, like being able to binge. Hey, oh, yeah, that's right. I've been meaning to watch that show. I'll go knock out six episodes and then hop back on the train with the last few live. I think that is the ideal scenario. Yeah. That's what we love about it. Because we hear feedback from our fan group. And a lot don't have, I mean, this a new generation doesn't yeah. have cable. And so the ability to go stream it, I think, is super important. So it was a long whirlwind where we were just hoping, like, let's just, I just want people to see it. And I'll tell you what, I would have cast, like, some of the old contestants, like, they'd be hitting me up on Instagram, like, what's happening? We can watch it to see. Like, they are so excited about the show, too. So when people ask, you know, like, how is, how are those contestants now? How, they, and I think the majority, I mean, I've spoken to all of them, they loved the experience, yeah. right? Mm. It was such a great experience for I mean, I can't speak for them, but from the ones that I've spoken to, they were like, man, it was rough, but like, I would not have changed a single thing about it. So they were excited to see the show come on. And then when they got the news, 
they were stoked, but yeah, it was almost what, two years, a year yeah. of them just, Hey, what's what's happening here? What's the status here? <laughs> like, we're waiting with you. Yeah. I was just excited to see um, a reality dating show featuring a lot of people in their thirties, yeah. yes. you know, want them to cater to me specifically. Yeah. <laughs> people in their thirties who've been married and divorced and are dating with their exes. It's just, it's, so it's perfect television. So yeah, we can all relate, obviously. <laughs> but what did you guys yourselves learn, you know, as the hosts of the show about marriage and, and divorce? Uh, because I'm sure you learned a lot from these, these contestants, because I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Well, I think first, like during filming, we were just talking about Dr. Jada. So like when we're not on camera, we're in the production house was right next to the cast house. And then the green room was right across the street. So it's all right there, but we're sitting in the green room area, us and Dr. Jada and wardrobe, makeup, a bunch of people hanging out there for hours sometimes waiting. It's reality TV. You may plan to go on at 8 p.m. It may be 11 p.m. before you go on. So there's a lot of kind of sit and wait. And so we got hours and hours of unsolicited therapy sessions with Dr. Amazing. Jada. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Loved it. What a perk. We'd see something on go. We would talk about it and she'd be there and she would give her insight on it, which was sometimes like, I didn't even think of it that yeah. way. Like it was, it's so crazy how like everybody has a different perspective, but like she had just so much knowledge and tools on how to like navigate those things. And I think for us too, like, you know, when you take a step back and show you, realize like people may, we're not perfect. Nobody, no one's perfect. No relationship is perfect. Right. It takes work on both sides. Right. So I think that like when we step away from like, we can, now that we have seen some of the tools that Dr. Jada have given them, we understand that like some of these couples got a divorce and they are starting to realize that like, wait a second, what we divorced over, I think we could have worked. Wasn't a deal breaker. Wasn't a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. We just didn't confront it. We didn't have the tools to navigate it through, navigate through it. And so that was kind of a realization because divorce is so final. You know what I mean? It's not something that anybody takes lightly. So to see that, you're like, wait a second. Like that's that's a surprising thing to to recognize. Yeah, there, yeah. A lot of the couples too, like, seem to still have those connections where like they were leaning towards their ex more so than any you know, new person they were meeting. How about Devin and Alexis? Those yeah. two show up at the beach. Episode one, they're like, I'm single. Don't want to see yeah, you. Away. Yeah, I'm dating. I'm ready to mingle. And like right away, they were like, okay, the attraction's still there. And then they started to realize it really wasn't us. It was kind of more her mom meddling in their relationship a little bit too much, some being young and not communicating right. So they've been a fun one to watch because... They didn't want anything to do with each other when they walked in. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we're having all these conversations about closure. And then all of a sudden I'm like, they're just, they're just back together. Really? They're fully fully back. And then I also wanted to say. They got divorced. They signed papers. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Hey, that's what, you know, again, they're dating. They're watching their ex date. And I know, Jordan, you had that experience with JoJo sort of watching her date other people. It probably really (laughs) makes you realize that you're in love, like, or you really want to chase after this person because, I don't know, maybe a little envy and a little jealousy starts to pop up, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, guys, too. It wasn't healthy. And I think that's one of the things they start to realize. And it wasn't like, so there's a longer sort of conversation that I think played out with them and Alexis. But I do think that had something to do with it. But once they started getting to the exercises and the conversations with Dr. Jada, you start to see like, Devin realized there was a lot of growth he had to do. And that at first in the relationship, he didn't think that it was anything that he, you know what I mean? Like it was not me. It was not my fault. And then he's starting to realize like, I'm seeing things a little differently now. So it's. Mm-hmm. He also didn't have to sit there and watch, you know, 25 other guys try to date the girl that he wanted to be with. I guess it wasn't 25 yeah, times. I really knew I wanted to be with. It was probably like 10, which is still, which is still way too many. Um, but I'll, I'll say what's, what's interesting about that dynamic is as guys, you know, you will play it cool, right? You don't text back right away. You know, it's like, when you're in an environment like that, you start to see her look at other guys. You're like, oh, I got to, if I really like her, I got to, I got to up my game. I got to show her that I do have feelings, which was kind of my struggle the whole time. I was trying to play it cool, but I really did like you. And it was just, 
Yeah. yeah, you're like unlearning those like toxic yeah. mm-hmm. gender dating things of like, I'm not going to, sh- I don't need to show emotions. Totally. It's not, yeah. yeah. You're like, no, I got to go. I got to go after it. I have to t- tell her I like her. Right. I, I like that. So obviously you guys have been on both sides of reality dating TV as contestants, cast members, and now as hosts. What was it like for you to make that transition and kind of be on that production side? We loved it. it. I will tell you, it was, it was an easy transition because I think that we both like love this type of show in general. Like we were fans of funny TV, dating shows specifically, and always, you know, loved the the behind the scenes stories of it. And so to be on that side, I think being host was something that we really loved because in this show particularly, you know, we've we've hosted a couple of shows together. Mm -hmm. This one felt like it was something that we could, we could give insight to on an experience we shared together. Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool for the both of us. But man, you just get so connected to all these stories and these people and you root for them. And like, we would stay up till like two in the morning, just watching behind the scenes. And there were times where we would go in because, I mean, there was a moment, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we haven't seen it yet, but with Ben. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, off camera, sometimes we went in and talked to some of the cast members when we just maybe like, uh, there's one point where I saw something that I recognized. I was, I remember having those feelings on a a Mm -hmm. show and getting overwhelmed. And so it wasn't for the cameras. I just went and talked to one of the cast members off camera and say, Hey, I felt that. And here's kind of how I worked through that. And here's why I'm so glad I did work through some of those feelings, but I will say we're like kid in a candy shop. You walk (laughs) into a production office for one of these and there is a whole wall of TVs. I mean, 20 different screens. They see everything and we could put headphones on and like, well, I want to cue into this conversation on that camera. And we'd just be listening and it'd be like, Hey, what are you listening to? What are you watching? (laughs) And we would just sit there the whole time watching this play out because we were just so invested in these cast members. We we really started to care for them. And we wanted them to feel like we wanted our role to feel like they had somebody to talk to, right? Like I feel like on my show, like you're you're so secluded. Um, I had Chris Harrison at the time; he was the host, and I was able to have a relationship with him. And like, kind of, that's who you talk to when you're sitting and waiting to film. It, it's the host and uh, one or two producers. And like, I just remember feeling so thankful to have somebody that was kind of like not involved that I could just talk to, that I could yeah. vent to. And from the get go, we wanted all of these people to feel like, hey, like we're your friends. Like we've been here. Like we're not just somebody that's going to go in, say a couple lines and peace out. Like we always want to be here if you need us just to talk. Like I might not have the best advice, but I'm going to try and I'm going to be a shoulder if you need it. And so we we both did that for some of the cast members, which was really cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Obviously the experience can be super isolating. How, how did taking on this role change your perspective on specifically reality dating shows or like your own experiences going through that on the cast side? Well, I think the Dr. Jada thing, like yeah. I said, was major. Um, and it was yeah. that I, you know, never really under, like, I've always been a proponent for therapy, right? But I've never really been in the middle of something where I'm seeing how um, incredible of a resource that is in real time, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because I think in real time, when you don't know, when you're feeling all sorts of things and you're in an environment which isn't conducive sometimes to being able to like, just figure it out. Like having somebody that can help you do that is so helpful. And so I, I think she was the biggest one for me. I mean, I I look back, I can't imagine how much of a resource that would be down the stretch when we were filming our show and I am weeks away from realizing, okay, I now love this girl. I'm contemplating wanting to propose and spend the rest of my life with her having an unbiased voice just to bounce those feelings off and help me process them. Yeah. That would have been huge, right? I mean, yeah. just to have that. So we've said it before, but I think every reality TV show needs to have this as a main component, whether it is on camera, off camera, like it's so valuable to the health of the, the cast members and also to ensuring that you end up with something that ends up being real. Yeah. More real than it maybe would have been. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. How does the production of the Big D compare to The Bachelorette for you guys? Well, The Bachelor and the Bachelorette is a huge show. Huge. You have hundreds of people involved in that show, right? cameras around you at a date, you know, and it's just two of them. It's just, it's a lot at once, right? That show has done, it's been on for forever, right? It's a huge show. 
the big D. We're we're a tighter knit group. We're a little bit more intimate. A, a lean oh. team. Yeah, and I think it's also meant to be set up more so that you you don't feel the cameras as much, yes. um, especially around the villa and around the house. Um, whereas when we're on dates or on the Bachelor Bachelorette, like you know they're there. They're right yeah. in front of you. They're all around you. Um, for better or worse, I think we wanted the the villa in that environment, the group environment, to feel very organic. Um, and, and so we could get organic communication, organic drama, uh, organic uh, romance at times when people sneak away. Yeah. It's not a camera yeah. directly following them, but we got them. We know where they're going, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, sitting in the jacuzzi with the camera right in front of your face. Like here. Literally. A, lu- a, luke, a lukewarm jacuzzi where the, yes. the it's not actually on because you can't disrupt right the at dinner where you're not <laughs> eating the food because you ate 20 minutes before the dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you ate? That's good that you ate. I mean, that's good to hear. There's yeah. always food sitting around. On- yeah, at least they fed you. <laughs> um, speaking of The Bachelorette, you recently made a guest appearance on Charity Season. Yeah. That was super fun. The Barbie date. Perfect date for you guys. The uh, real truly, life Barbie truly and Ken. Yeah. Honestly, that was a fun date. Like we, we actually, this, that was the first time as a couple we've been back on the show. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I've done a few different things for different things, but as first time with us together. So it was kind of like, oh my gosh, we're like back in the saddle. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, we're back on the saddle in the saddle, but we have so much more control now. And that's yeah, really yeah. nice. But it was you're like, we're not fun. quite back in it. Yeah. It was um, fun. The barbecue day was fun. We got to meet the, you know, the group of guys that Charity was with. And on our date, at least, they were a fun group of guys. I like, loved them. Jordan had like a little mini bromance with one. I don't know. Not bromance. Who? Who was Which it? one? Uh, what was the guy? He liked your shirt. Tanner. Tanner. T- oh, yeah. Tanner. We were oh, just talking about. Shut up. What? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> no, he just got he, he just, just got, got sent, sent home. home. Oh, yeah. poor Tanner. Yeah, you know, wasn't meant to be. But we like Tanner. He just needed a little more. You know, he didn't get as it's much a nice screen guy. time. I think he's yeah. gonna thrive in paradise. That's okay. that's oh, yeah. my yeah. my prediction. I was wondering, like, did you have any other favorites? Was there anyone that you saw and you were like, Charity seems to be really into him? Um, I love Joey. Oh, Joey. He's great. They had a very great connection, good chemistry. Um, But I will say on our day when we were there, this is obviously we knew nothing about the guys because the show (laughs) hadn't aired. Uh, But she seemed to have good chemistry with a few of them. Yeah. um, Which is awesome, right? Sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, And even off camera, she was mentioning like, no, no, I legit have multiple real connections with guys. And and she like who? She didn't have what did you tell us the names of them? Oh. It's really wow. You're tight lipped. I know because you, you needed to bring more gossip. <laughs> but she did say that she really what I I said I I mentioned to her that I thought her and Joey had a good connection and I mean her face said it all. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, have you guys been keeping up? Because you know, hometowns are next week. Joey's there. She's going to Joey's hometown. Who all else right. do we have, Emma? We have Dotton. Dotton, Aaron, Xavier, and Aaron. Yeah. Dotton was there. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious. I have no, I mean. Hometowns are are great. You know what's the hardest part? So a little behind the scenes of hometowns. Whoever is last in hometowns, you have so much time off. I mean, you have been <laughs> filming every single day, and I was the fourth hometown. So literally, there was like twelve days where I was just in L. A. with my producer doing nothing. Can't Wait, do anything. Can't do anything. Like we would go to a movie. Like we were allowed like once or twice we could go out of the hotel. I went to a James Bay concert like incognito, like hat down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just sitting around going, she's just hanging out with a bunch of other family, you know, just this, sitting over here waiting. This point in the show is a great point, though, because it's the first time that you, like, have to miss one, someone for yeah. a period of a day, mm. which is, mm-hmm. and the show, you're seeing them at least every single day, like, you're, you're seeing them. So it was, I remember for me, like, that's when I was like, oh, really kind of miss Jordy. Like, what, you know, I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> Time. Yeah, I imagine it would be telling because I bet some people you're like, wow, haven't you thought about really that one in a week. You start <laughs> to realize who you're thinking about more when you're like on these individual dates. It, like you really try to stay focused on each relationship and each relationship may be amazing. But, like this is a good like telling stretch. We're going to take a quick break. But when we're back more with Jojo and Jordan. Can you keep up? I like love it. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Protein Plus, 
and keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. I love that. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I don't know about the rest of you, but sometimes when I'm having a busy day, like, I don't know, every day, and I'm just running around trying to finish work, trying to deal with daycare pickup, I actually can forget to make time to feed myself something that is actually good for my body, something that isn't just my fifth granola bar of the day. And that's where Factor really comes in and offers me a nice balanced meal that tastes great, that has vegetables, that has protein, that has all those things that I can't find just by grabbing a snack out of my cupboard. And it's really such a game changer. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I am someone who has reached the ripe age of 36 and still has no idea how to pack effectively. I am always a stress case, just standing (laughs) over my suitcase, trying to pack for my next trip. And, you know, sometimes I need help. That's when we realize we need to say hello to Quince. It's your new go-to for high-quality vacation essentials you'll be packing for years to come. Oh, they have such good stuff, like premium European linen dresses. Just think about walking along the water in a linen dress or a blouse or shorts from $30. Linen, did I mention Mm, linen? Yeah. Also washable silk tops, premium luggage options at incredible prices, and so much more. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I personally have been absolutely obsessed with the Quince all-day neoprene duffel bag that I got. I have been using it constantly. It's perfect. It's so cute. It fits so much. It even has like an extra place for your keys and wallet. It just makes everything easy. Cannot recommend enough. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. And we're back. So we also wanted to ask you about your thoughts on The Golden Bachelor, who's recently been announced. How good does that man look for 71 years old? He looks great. (laughs) He's turning 72 in like a week. I thought it was Jordan just with one of those little like aged filters on. You know what I mean? Slightly aged. I hope I have all my hair in that and not that many wrinkles at seven. I'm like, this guy could pass as 50. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yes. We are really excited about this um, because it is something like the big D that really has not been tapped into at all. Yeah. And to see what dating in that in that sort of phase of your life looks like, and what type of drama do you even have at that age? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've they've already been through it. They they're wise beyond their years. They're solid. I'm so curious. But also, we were talking about it with someone else, and we're like, then again, like I think as a 20 or 30 year old on that show, you're a little cognizant of if I do something too crazy, like I might not be able to get the job I want to get someday, or you know, how's it going to look? Like, hey, I mean. You know, you're in your 60s and 70s, like, ah, well, whatever. Yeah, you're like, I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. (laughs) He's got nothing to lose. Oh my God. My favorite thing was that Gary got Instagram specifically for this show. It's It's Gary spelled like Jerry. It's very confusing. I was having somebody confirm that for me because I've heard both so far. So, okay, Gary, get to know. It's scary. I looked into it because we were going to talk about it on the podcast and I was like, it's spelled like Jerry. I'm very confused, but no, it is Gary. We used the wrong name. Not your fault. He's going to get that a lot. (laughs) I think it's, yeah, look, the spelling, the spelling is confusing um 
But I, I feel like maybe this is the injection of freshness that the Bachelor franchise needs. Like there's been so many other big reality dating shows. And I feel like sometimes The Bachelor has a bit of a hard time evolving. And this is like, this feels different to me. That show has been going on for so long now. It's, they probably don't know. This is like the big next thing, right? It's like, how much can you do that's differently from the original concept, right? Which the concept works. People love it. But this is such an interesting take. I'm almost like more excited about it. So weird. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, I feel like there are a lot of people I've talked to who've been like, I've fallen off the last few seasons. Mm Like, I just got kind of bored, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back to watch people date in their 50s, 60s, 70s. You think partly, I think the allure of that is like, I think occasionally, and maybe in this day and age with social media as crazy as it is, and you know, you go on a show like that, like you can have a big bump in your salary, your life, you like whatever you want afterwards. There's, been a little bit of like what is genuine and what is not right it, it, as social media has taken over like who is on there for the right reasons people love to say that but i feel like you're really going to get a genuine relationship and love story on this show like you know no doubt you're going to get it if you saw gary's backstory i watched it all like i'm excited about that because like i actually want to see love i want to root for love and i feel like yeah. at times in in the digital age of, of dating shows like this, it's tough to really feel like you're rooting for someone that is truly genuine. Absolutely. I think a lot of us have been exhausted by all of the like emotional trauma porn that's on these shows. And mm-hmm. sometimes we just want to, yeah, we want to see okay. it get somewhere nice at yeah. least at the end. Yeah. Yes. And I think an older man might have more success to find the yeah. right partner because clearly Gary's going to know what he wants. I mean, I think Gary's he's not going to waste out. time. I think Gary's going to come out with the next, like the, his second soulmate out of yeah. this. I really do. Oh, I, I really, I want that for, I want that for Gary. Me too. So before we let you go, what is next for you guys as a couple and professionally? What's next, Jordy? Hopefully it's season two of the Big D. We, we, we yes. love doing this show together. We love hosting shows together. It's been, you know, something that we kind of fell into and we realized like, we actually kind of thrive. Like people are like, how do you guys work together? And we're like, I don't know, but like, we really like it. It's like one of the first things weird. we do together. Um, so with that, I mean, I would love to see that. This show is such, is such a great concept and I think has legs. Um, but we're each working on all of our own stuff. Jordan has football season coming up. It's about to get real busy, real crazy. Yeah, I've been working on like I have a home decor line I started, you know, last year. I just launched a new canned spritz. So a new canned mm-hmm. cocktail called Saint Spritz, which I don't know, you know, I'm just adding things to the plate, but it's been the great <laughs> like um addition to my hump days on USA. I have a spritz in one hand, I have a baby, <laughs> the remote in the other hand, and I'm like, I'm set. Wednesday, you're like a spritz, Temptation Island, and the Big D. Yes. What what <laughs> more does one better? need? No, it's perfect. No, no. Yeah, and then you just need Gary. Just add, you know, add him <laughs> yeah. to your your yeah. watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your watch list. Yeah, and I think we'll be this set. <laughs> sounds sounds absolutely heavenly. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. Um, please come back anytime. This to. is yeah. fun. We'll come back whenever you want us. So, Lee, we just hopped off, hopped off with JoJo and Jordan. They are stunningly beautiful and have really good wallpaper behind them in their dining room. I don't know where they were, wherever they had their setup. Such good. I mean, their house, if that's their house, is so beautiful, um, as are they. <laughs> we got a little <laughs> bit. We got to see a little bit of their house because we were having some tech issues. Technical so they issues. kept having to change rooms and we were like, ooh, Beautiful, beautiful home. <laughs> we love to see it, though. You know what I love to see, too? Uh, the fact that she calls him Jordy. Like, that just melted my heart. The whole Jordy, Jordy, Jojo and Jordy are Barbie and Ken to me. They're they're charming. So cute. They, they really are. And I feel like they are just such natural born hosts. Like, mm. even in the way that they answer interview questions, you're like, oh, these... they This is their job. They are very professional. I thought it was interesting what they were talking about with Dr. Jada and therapy, because I feel like that's always something that I have a a question about, like what is the best way to Mm -hmm. kind of integrate that into reality TV? Like I think 
it's pretty essential that that be a resource that people have off camera. And I do wonder, like, what is the line between making it something that's both fodder for on-camera storyline, but also a resource for off-camera actual therapy? Um, Yeah, yeah. I I see what you're saying there. Because, you know, it is interesting to watch it unfold on the Big D, especially with certain people who you are hoping get therapy and who you're hoping are talking about their feelings, um, some of the toxic traits they're presenting. But I, you know, when I heard them talk about the fact that they didn't have anybody like on set for them during The Bachelorette, that's when it becomes more clear that it. I feel like it's it's more important to have that sort of behind closed doors for the contestants rather than like kind of throwing it out there on screen for like us to witness. I don't know. It's, it, there's, Definitely a balance. I do find that interesting, again, on the Big D. I, I find it interesting to watch those yeah. sessions. But, well, the real work's no, probably agree. done off camera. Like, Right. I, I totally agree. I think it is. I don't, and I don't think it's a bad thing to have a therapist on call to kind of lead people or through a process or a mm-hmm. counselor of, of some kind. Um, obviously, there's a reason that shows like couples therapy are really popular. popular. You can... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can conduct therapy, I guess, while it's being witnessed as as long as everyone is consenting to that. But yeah, I just I hope that all of these shows have have enough of a separation where it's clear like this is something that is happening off camera and won't be used for production purposes and this is just just a resource to keep you um mentally and emotionally safe yes. within a process that can be very taxing and and potentially emotionally and mentally unsafe. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying the big D specifically, um, but yeah, a lot of these reality dating shows, as obviously we've we've heard through like many reports about Love is Blind and The Bachelor and and a lot of a lot of reality shows. It's like it really feels like it should be something that's just stand like industry standard yeah. to offer that off camera. Yeah. And I loved hearing their own experience like post show like post leaving the bachelorette together and having to like really work on their relationship and they said they spent like a year uh you know in therapy like just kind of talking out their issues because again they didn't have that resource back then i think it was 2016 when when their season was filmed um and they're one of the and- few couples who have like actually made it down the aisle so it shows you have to put in the work, like especially after going through an experience like that. It's not all like roses, um, as they say. And I think it's just such clear evidence that like if you make it off of a reality show, that's just y- you were lucky enough to meet someone that's actually a good match for you on reality mm-hmm. TV. But you're not actually being given, I think, the healthiest baseline on a reality dating show. Like in many ways, coming off of a show like The Bachelorette, or The Bachelor sets you up for failure because there is such a high level of public scrutiny because you have been pushed to accelerate your relationship in very specific ways while not having, again, those, those basic building blocks or like an understanding of what someone's day-to-day life is and how you mm-hmm. might integrate into that. And so I do think it is a testament just to their both their luck and their dedication to the relationship, like any of these couples that that have made it like you happen to find someone on a reality dating show. You can find someone on a dating app. You can find someone anywhere, but also there is a lot of work required in making a relationship healthy and sustainable. And especially when you are also dealing with like a whole media circus around that relationship. Yeah. The pressure is insane. As we see too, even with like the love is blind couples, you know, like they're racing towards the aisle and then the show's over, the cameras leave, and they're kind of left to figure out um, who this person is that they're married to now. Like, they're actually married. So, um, you know, that pressure for me would be too much, you know? And we see that even with The Bachelorette and The Bachelor, more people are talking about, you know, even Xavier this week, um, talking about, like, how he's unsure if he's ready for that. Even though you go on the show you know, knowing that an engagement is what you're, like, striving for, it's still really hard to process, like, 
the the closure of like marriage engagement like is this your person did we do we know enough about each other our morals what we believe in like did we talk enough um do we really know each other it's it's kind of a mixed bag right and you're like the answer is no the answer yes. is no <laughs> that you're just taking a leap and you are showing your commitment to this relationship by getting engaged and you have every right to like end that engagement <laughs> Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out, right? Like that is sort of half how you have to look at it because yeah, they're just you don't have enough information. Like that's just true. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see like <laughs> love is blind couples on the big D like next year. Yeah. To, oh my god. To walk through their like a really, really <laughs> dark, like rotating. <laughs> it's sad. It really is because characters. like especially with the love is blind people, again, like, you know. They're married and divorce is like a big thing um, where, you know, if you end an engagement, it's 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 still major, but it's it's a little easier At than least having just to like break up. Yeah, I know. I know. I know you would almost hope that the show would like pay their legal fees. Below. Yeah. But I can't imagine Love is Blind does, given that like there are reports that they don't feed them. So I'm I'm not really holding out yeah. Yeah. high hopes for that for that production company. Um. But yeah, was there anything else that stuck out to you in in our conversation? Or like, do, do you want to see a second season of The Big D? I do. I'm curious where they would take a second season, um, like how they would change it up. I'm looking for, like, you know, I'm I'm finding the drama is a little less than some of the other shows. Like, I need a little more uh, to sustain me, maybe. <laughs> um, but I love them as hosts. I could see them hosting for, like, the rest of their lives. They just have good... They have a good dynamic between them. I know Jordan, like, you know, with football season and all that, too. And I know they have a ton of, like, home improvement experience. But, yeah, get them on Discovery Plus, too. Those two are, they're meant to do it, I think. Yeah, they're. I think they are great hosts. They definitely have the skill set. And I also would like to see a second season of The Big D. I think I've been, you know, covering all of these shows for a living. I get really emotionally taxed Mm -hmm. um watching too many like super depressing overly dramatic shows and so I sort of enjoy that the drama is a little more tepid on the big (laughs) d like I find it a little bit more relaxing I do think that I do think that it does set up situations for some of these couples that could be potentially unhealthy and I Mm. do still you know, worry about that. But like, I, I would like to see a second season. And I think that, yeah, divorce is a pretty common experience. It's something that a lot of people have gone through. And um, yeah, I think that having also slightly older people make up the cast of a reality dating show, like it's not just people in their 20s. Yeah. Um, I find that to be enjoyable too. And yeah, I think paired with Temptation Island, it makes a lot of sense. It's a good mix. I do like, too, how the big D, like, I I like a lot of the couples on the show and how a few of them really support each other as exes and, like, see each other's strengths and weaknesses and are still friendly. I found that really touching, too, because, like you said, there's not many shows with divorce that cover, like, you know, what goes into that and, like, how you guys remain friends and... Even if you're not. Like, yeah, or, exactly. Or, yeah, or how you decide that it's healthier to to not remain friends. And we, that need that's a, also we need a new iteration, okay. too, with, you know, when kids are involved. That's a whole other situation. Like, how do you co-parent well, and remain? Like, that would be an interesting... I don't know how you do a reality dating show, but... What's wild to me is some of these people, some of these people do have kids, and they're just never mentioned. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they just, they don't talk about that aspect of it. Like, you have to remain friends when you have children, like... Yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. down for a big D uh, season two. Oh, for I should have. Sure. You know what, Lee? Now I just realized that would have been a good question to ask JoJo and Jordan. Yes. Really fallen down on our task as as interviewers, but um, I'm glad we got to have a little bit of time with them. It was a fun, a fun chat. And I guess we'll see if we get more of the big D. I will be watching it through the finale. Me too. And on that note, that is it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire and Lee. Thanks to our guests, Jojo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers. Love to See It is produced by us, Emma Gray, Lee Blickley, and Stitcher. 
This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Madarana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, spread the word in whatever way you can to all of your friends about Love to See It. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Lee BZ. We'll be back next week. Stitcher. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. It's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. We all know Kit Kat bars taste delicious, but what about how they sound? It's not just a catchy jingle. It's the satisfying crack of breaking off a piece of Kit Kat, followed by a crisp crunch. Oh, we forgot one other sound that accompanies Kit Kat bars, too. It's... Or maybe it's more like... All together, Kit Kat bars are music to our ears and yummy flavors to our mouths. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat.